Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. Welcome to Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. We had a little bit of a uh, a, a, a different episode today. My friend Anthony, real quick, just dropped into the office and uh, we sat down and, and we recorded a podcast. It was a lot of fun. It was very impromptu. So uh, neither of us had a whole lot of time to prepare. But nonetheless, we had a great conversation and Anthony really just like just brought it with so much knowledge. Anthony is a man that I... I really respect and admire. He is the marketing director at Delphi Behavioral Health Systems. He's just got like a wealth of experience, especially for how young he is, but he's also just got this real like cerebral way about him. Uh, He always is real cool and real collected and he's methodical and he just takes his time with things and watching him evolve over the past five or six years since we've been friends and uh, especially since we we started working together. He and I have done some business together in the past. Uh, It's been a real pleasure. So without any further ado, please help me welcome my good friend, Anthony Sabini. Anthony, let's do this show. You ready? I'm ready. All right, Anthony, I'm going to start this off with something really, really important. When are you going to let me get Vape Local? As soon as I remember the password. <laughs> oh, come on. That's <laughs> always your fucking excuse. I haven't even touched that. I mean, dude, that thing's just been sitting there for a long time. I haven't even touched it in a couple of years. For anyone that's listening, Vape Local was a website that me and Anthony and Brian put together. And it still gets, I think, like 150, 200 hits of traffic a day. And we just never ended up really doing anything with it. It's like a a website slash directory for local vape shops because Anthony and Saks are both obsessive vapors. What was the name we came up with for Saks? Darth Vapor? Darth Vapor. Yeah, and I think you were the Vape Lord. Vape Lord. (laughs) We got to bring that site back. Anybody listening, if you have like a juice company or a vape company and you want to get some advertising, hit us up because we've been selling the same like <laughs> pop-up banner that doesn't have any ads on it uh, basically since we launched the site. Cool. Well, look, buddy, I'm glad that you came in here. This is a little bit of a different episode. We did this on kind of short notice and we're doing this in the, the middle of middle of business on Friday. So if you hear any ruckus in the background, um, please excuse us. There's obviously the whole team is, is still working. So Anthony... How's married life? Married life is awesome. I just want to say... That's what I hear. I just want to say thank you to my wife for being my biggest supporter. Um, It's definitely something that is a long-term partnership. And you learn how to, like, work together uh, to accomplish, you know, the shared vision. And she's definitely been that partner for me. And I appreciate all that she does because I know sometimes I might come home from work like, just super stressed out after Grumpy. a long day and I'm uh-huh. just like I don't even want to talk to you or I get angry or I'm anxious and uh, she just kind of helps calm me down and gets me through you know what I've been dealing with all day and she's just kind of that support and that comfort for me so I really appreciate her I I've always felt and I think everybody kind of agrees that uh 
there's relationships that we see where it's kind of just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like they're good together. But then there's other ones that you see where it's like, yeah, they, there's no other choice for either of them other than to be with each other. And I think we've all kind of felt that way about you and Kimmy. I don't know. I don't know if I've, if I've known you since you, you've been with Kimmy, you've been with her the whole time. You got a good one, man. Yeah. She's a keeper. How is she? She's doing well. She's, uh, you know, she, right now she's the, the queen of the castle. She, Handles all the day-to-day ops at the house. So. How are the cats? The cats are the real kings of the castle. <laughs> let me tell you that those two, those two are uh, running around and enjoying life. I mean, nobody has life better than them. You what, know? what is that breed called? You said uh, they're both called Bengals. So they're actually brothers. They're from the same parents, just different litters. But they're they're amazing. I mean, they they have personalities like dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, they're. They want attention. They want you to play with them. They have a lot of energy. So uh-huh. they're just, they're great pets. All right. Well, let's get into some things then. This podcast, generally speaking, we usually try to stick on uh, business, on marketing, on on self-improvement. I thought it would be great to have you here because as somebody that, as somebody that has done really well in your field and your industry you've always been somebody that i've respected because you've been able to maintain a good amount of humility and i've never really seen you go off the rails and do anything ridiculously stupid i mean we all do stupid shit but you've always been able to kind of keep the success you've had and 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 you've controlled it you haven't let it control you you know, I guess that's kind of an open-ended question, but I wanted to just sort of let you talk about that and what you think it's what what things you think you've done that have allowed you to kind of maintain your humility through all the success that you've had. It's a big question. Yeah, but it's uh, it's really something that like I've always appreciated and admired about you. If you're walking down the street, like no, you would never. You don't have this big aura around you, but like you're somebody that like I've always really, really admired with how hard you work and especially with like how focused you are. And I just want you to talk about that because I think that there's I think that you have a lot to offer and people can learn a lot about, you know, keeping yourself through through having success in life. Okay. Well, I really think that pretty much like how I've developed over time has been like there's a saying where it's uh it, it takes a village and I really think that for me personally it's been that kind of approach I mean starting with my parents teaching me early on the value of a dollar and and understanding how to work and work ethic and then uh, my grandfather I mean he's taught me about just understanding that nothing comes easy and we have to work mm-hmm. you know constantly i mean he's now i think he he was just uh kind of like forced out with retirement at clemson university and so you mean they made him retire yeah like yeah. he he hit like the certain age where they're just like hey you have to retire now <laughs> and you know he's back at it looking for another job you know like he's i think he's like around the 90 year age and uh-huh. he's just still wanting to crush it every day that's cool and you know, there's there's been other people in my life, you know, bosses and, and people, you know, that have just like shown me that I have to continuously work hard. I have to stay focused on, on the task at hand and 
you know, the biggest thing that I learned early on in the industry is when I start to get stressed out, slow it down, set your priorities, tackle it one step at a time. You know, mm -hmm. it's the only way things get done because if you kind of just run around with your head chopped off, you're not going to complete anything. You're just going to have your hand in, in a bunch of different messes. So going to be doing a lot without actually doing anything, right. a lot of movement and not a lot of progress. Right. On, on a little bit more of a technical question. And again, I know that we, we kind of jumped right into this. Anthony runs um, a really big marketing department in a, a, a pretty large behavioral health firm and there's a lot of phone reps there's a lot of data a whole lot of analytics and lead sources to manage what has what do you think has been the most uh, influential vertical do you think it's just been search do you think it's been networking and and referrals like what do you think if you had to hang your hat on on one thing that runs your department what would it be well search search is always our priority mm -hmm. search is something that you know the more that you grow organically the best long-term results you're going to have yeah. um, but as you know a marketing director you have to understand that it, it's not all going to come from one thing so the overall plan has to include multiple campaigns whether it's paid advertisements direct response with TV and radio, you know, there's, there's the business development side as well. And mm -hmm. business development, will, I don't think it'll ever go away. I mean, business dev is essential to every marketing side. Absolutely. Um, in all different industries. In every vertical. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you're, you're probably right. That's been one of the lessons that I learned, and Brian had a whole lot to do with this as well, is, and I'm sure you probably remember it, when Subernation first started, I built a pretty big Facebook following on it. And uh, it was cool because there's a whole lot of instant gratification behind social media traffic because you can create something and you can put it out there and then instantly you can see, you know, tens of twenties of hundreds of thousands of people reading your work and it makes you feel good. But the intent behind search traffic always has a lot more conversion rates to it in any different vertical. And as time has gone on, has gone by, I've leaned more and more and more towards just like slow, sustainable, long-term organic growth and i've leaned away from the super fast-paced like in and out action that social media carries with it you think that's fair to say you, you guys think you've kind of played along those same rules or what other lessons have you learned along the way yeah i mean the the biggest thing for for page search is it is instant gratification it's mm -hmm. you know we can definitely get an article out there we can uh, pay for a keyword to be at the top but it's really just that at the end of the day, it's a one-time thing. Yeah. Um, and you know, you have maybe five to 10 seconds to get your brand in front of somebody uh -huh. before they just click to the next page. It or, happens that quick, right? Yeah. I, uh, I sort of skipped over something that you said that really means a lot to me because I had a very similar upbringing in just that I was taught very simply that you can quite literally outwork people. Would you say that that is a big part of 
what you've done have you just outworked people is there anything like specific that you think you've been able to contribute to your team and and to your business well i think the the two biggest things that have helped me i guess really move along in my career is um one believing in the people that that are uh, under me so the training, the, the effort that I put into them, because really my success is based on the people, you know, f- that work for me. Mm-hmm. And my success is really their success. Yes. So the more that I can help them and be of service to them, the the better um, performance I'm bringing to the table. And then the other thing is is the hard work. I mean, my, my management style is, you know, there's a problem, let's roll up the sleeves and get to the solution. It's mm-hmm. not... You know, I trust you to just do something and do it, which, um, you know, both sides work. But my management style is I want to understand it so that if the problem ever comes again, I already know what to do. I think that's what makes me more so valuable to anybody else is just the the ability to problem solve, critical think and, and really get to a solution to whatever the issue is. I think I'm probably a little bit the opposite. I've always leaned a little bit more towards putting people around me that know how to solve the problems so that I don't need to know how to solve it. The problem with that is that as people move on or maybe change careers or, uh, you know, work here or forget things or move on to other things, then I have to constantly sort of replace that. But I mean, how do you find the space in your head to keep track of all of that? Like, that's my problem. There's just so much going on. It's like, look, I don't have time or space in my mind to learn all of this stuff. Organization is definitely key. Yeah, in, I in struggle a lot with of that. Those things. Um, I struggle with that. Keeping a daily calendar, keeping a you know priority or a task list, um, a lot of those things, just those basic things, uh, were things that I, I started doing early on and have really helped me stay centered long term and you know the other one thing that i just thought of that really happened for me was uh, my whole career has been just maximizing opportunity mm-hmm. um i got lucky with a lot of opportunities and i just maximized what i had it wasn't uh, i didn't do anything special it was just working hard when the work presented itself and exceeding an expectations example. um so I started at, you know, one of the, the facilities that, you know, our, our health organization owns now. And I was brought in as an intake coordinator. Um, within a year's time, I had worked myself up to the director of admissions, started to work on building the call center because initially I was hired to, to start building the call center. It took a little bit longer with the way that, you know, just things fell into place mm-hmm. at the time. And I ended up becoming the director of admissions within like a year just because, you know, somebody, you know, my boss at the time had moved on and, you know, I, I had an opportunity there. And then, you know, we we rolled in the electronic health record system. And that was a time like <clears throat> when I first started at this uh, facility, they didn't even have computers. Like there was three employees with computers out of like 25 employees. Everything was pen and paper there was no data there was no analytics it was just very old school but through just putting it together building the process understanding where we needed to optimize and and do better 
I just continued to to maximize on that opportunity, worked my way into more of an executive director role and, and helping, you know, kind of run operations whenever the the, C, the current CEO at the time uh, wasn't there. And um, when we did the initial transaction to, to start Delphi, you know, they, I was given an opportunity to come in and, and build out the digital marketing and the call center operations and our admissions team. So, you know, it's just been this kind of crazy ride. It's been a roller coaster. I've learned a lot of things along the way. So it's been a great, great time. You know, it's, it's been difficult. And I remember there was a time I said to, to the current CEO, Dom, we were on a phone call and I was just like, Hey man, I'm ready for this. Like I'm getting bored. And he said, okay. And literally for the past two years, he asked me, he goes, are, are you still are you bored? bored? Are you bored? <laughs> and I'm just like, no, no, I'm not bored at all, man. Thank you. You know, it's, but it's been great. You know, it's been like, you look at the the improvements that we've made and the team that we've built over the past, I mean, even as little as two years, it's been, um, it's really awesome. And it's like, when I, when I reflect from time to time, I'm just like, wow, we're doing it. And it's there. I think a lot of what you said is can apply to a lot of people who are in maybe just like a standard employee role because from what you're telling me and also I guess I have a little bit of context because I watched your journey but like any time you saw a space to make an improvement on something like I always saw you take it upon yourself to just do it or at least put it out there and just constantly add value and constantly add value to the point where like you became so important to the whole ecosystem that you were essentially, well, nobody's technically like irreplaceable, but I feel like it would be really, really difficult to put anybody else in the position because you essentially created it. You, you, you basically built the whole thing around what you thought. And I think anybody, especially an employee that kind of wants to progress and uh maybe move up quote unquote i think that's the best way to do it right just constantly find a way that you can improve improve the people around you uh add value to the business and then just slowly but surely it's not going to happen overnight right i mean how long has this journey been for you it's a little years. over yeah over six years now six so, years yeah it wasn't an overnight journey yeah but how uh, old are you i'm uh 28 so six years, so you were 22 years old, you started as an intake rep, basically. You started, I mean, I don't wanna like insult anybody that's an intake rep and make it seem like it's a bad position, but you weren't, you weren't upper level management. And you took it upon yourself to constantly find ways to improve the system until eventually you got there. Out of all the things we talked about, so you talk about managing employees and you talk about digital marketing and you talk about the sales, what's what's your favorite part? What's like the part of your job that when you get to do it, you say like, oh, sick, I love doing this shit. My favorite part is actually finding the improvements for the process, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. So, you know, we're working so on... you like when you find things wrong? Yeah, I like when things break. I like to let things break yeah. to let the, to see like, okay, let's look at this process Let's see what we can do to fix it. Let's automate things. I love automating things. It's really been a big push for the past, you know, year to two years has been, you know, how do we get our phone system to talk with Salesforce? How do we automate reports inside of Salesforce? How do we break up this data so that we can 
you know, interpret it correctly and make the best business decision? And how do we get to do this on, you know, how, how do we get it to do that on a daily basis? And then um, how do we look at it, you know, within quarters and yearly and all that good stuff. So it's, it's definitely been something that I love to look at. I mean, I, I think that that's my favorite part, to be honest with you. It's looking at something that's maybe not working the best and saying, okay, what can we do to really optimize and, and bring out what we can do to, to make this be the best that it can? And that's, that's really how my success has grown over the past couple of years, too. Yeah, I love how you said automate. We totally, totally believe in that. And we must talk about automating systems at least once a week when we have our weekly staff meeting. The more you can make stuff so that people don't have to get in the way so that they can like potentially break it, because that's what people do, right? We screw things up. The more you can just create a system that is completely automated, I think the better. What What's like a, a good example from more of a specific standpoint that you think you've automated? I mean, you, you kind of touched on one, uh, incorporating your your phone system into Salesforce, I guess is a good example. But I, I want to, what I want to do is I want to kind of give an example to the audience on like why building systems is so important because it allows you to get out of the way. Hmm. Well, without going into like any specific business like yeah. stuff that that's ip for us i mean the so i i'll touch on the the cti adaption that we have so we have uh, call tracking metrics and salesforce and the computer telephony integration that we had before we used to have uh hardline phones I and mean, they were still voip but it was a phone that sat on your desk and i think at the time we were working with a, a microsoft crm and when a call came in we wouldn't know how it was generated. We didn't know what campaign it was attributed to. We didn't know, you know, whether it was off our website or TV commercial or, or whatever. When we made this push to Salesforce and we worked with uh, call tracking metrics on this because they have an out-of-the-box out of solution, but it really doesn't do what we were particularly looking for. But now it, you know, essentially when a rep answers the phone for an inbound call now, it it automatically attributes the account or the campaign that people are calling in from. And like just based on that alone, I'm able to see and measure, you know, our campaign performance on an instant basis. You know, I have my own custom dashboard and I look at this kind of data pretty much like first thing in the morning. <laughs> I'm sitting in my bed looking at the app going, okay, we're doing good here. We're doing good here. Let's see what we can do there. Um, it's just kind of like my morning routine when I first wake up. That's funny because I get all my reports emailed to me at like five in the morning and I, I try to not check my phone as soon as I wake up just because I think it's like unhealthy and like I've convinced myself that I'm not addicted to technology because like I wait 10 minutes <laughs> before I look at my phone, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's definitely part of my morning routine too. So, okay. So basically what you've done is you've automated your data processing because how would you go through your data to optimize your campaigns before you had that like would you just do it manually or did you have the, even have the capability to do it it was manual and, and no to be honest with you so like a lot and a lot of people don't you know a lot of people don't understand that data is extremely important um and you know putting all of it together to really tell a story of how 
the marketing department is performing yeah. is important. You know, if I can't measure myself and how well I'm doing, I can't go to, you know, my boss or, you know, the collective company as a whole and say, this is how we're, you know, the performance is looking. This is where we see us going in the next couple of years. You can't predict anything. You can't project anything. You you can't even show like annually, this is why, hey boss, I deserve a raise because mm -hmm. I've done this and this and this and I've generated this much revenue. Like you can't do any of that uh, without any kind of data behind it. So it's extremely important, especially in today's day and age, because it's a lot easier now than it was even three to five years ago. And I think over the next couple of years, it's going to continuously get easier and easier. Yeah, I think so too. There's part of that that worries me a little bit because for every like tool that comes out and it's it's great in a way because everything is optimized and improved but i do worry about job markets i mean i guess that's a whole nother conversation but even just now you have a an entire system of technology that can do what you know some kind of marketing position used to be like i'm sure at some point there was somebody that whose only job was just to scrub through data and make predictions and you know figure out which kind of campaigns were doing the best uh which ones they could probably get rid of maybe i just think too much but i spend a whole lot of time there's a guy that i i talked about before his name is scott galloway me and sax actually watch his um his youtube a lot and what he does is he measures he he studies what he calls the big four Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, and just makes a whole lot of really cool predictions about how the health of their businesses affects the global economy. And Amazon within itself, just because of the robots that they've put in the warehouse that can basically package everything and ship it for you, these just huge warehouses of robots that swim up and down the aisles, it's like freaky to look at. I mean, I think alone, I, I can't quote it, but it's got to be millions and millions of jobs through that. How long do you think until our positions are obsolete, like marketing directors? So the whole thing is just artificial intelligence that just manages data and then makes decisions based on algorithms. I mean, it's hard to tell. I still think there, there will be a position um, simply because when you look at the larger organizations out there, like the CEO or the CFO or the COO, they don't really have the time to make those decisions. So they entrust the, the marketing directors or the chief marketing officers to go in and uh, read the data, at least like read it, analyze it and make that decision, or at least provide um, some sort of reporting so that, yeah. you know, the board or the CEO can make that decision. So I think that it'll still be there for a good amount of time. I don't know, to be honest with you, it's, it is something scary to think about but I, I don't think we're anywhere close to it right now I, I don't I think I don't think it'll be in my lifetime yeah I think we'll definitely see I think the biggest change we're going to see is the trucking department is the trucking industry I mean did you see those yeah. robot trucks that Elon Musk yeah. just came out with and especially Elon. because trucking I think is is a huge huge portion of the American job market I mean Sax you mind googling that like how many truckers are in the United States? It's got to be, it's got to be a few million. And then what do we do with like every single good is just shipped by an automated truck? Uh, one hundred fifteen thousand approximately. 
115,000 truckers, all just gone by robots. I think um, that's probably the first one to go. No, no, I'm sorry. It's 1.8 million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry about that, guys. 1.8 million truckers. Wow. So that's uh, Jeez. like one 100. So there's 300 million people. So 1.8 million is, I mean, it's a lot. All right. Switching subjects here, Anthony. Wrapping things up a little bit, I want to know what's next for you. I know that you're in school. I know you're working on getting your master's and you've gotten this far without an education. You know what? I I do want to tap on that a little bit because I'm not the biggest advocate for school, but obviously there are areas where having a degree is important and people really like depend on it and and hold it into hold the credibility of an education high how's school going what's the experience been like (laughs) well i definitely don't uh, i'm not like experiencing that that college experience at at 18 or 19 it's uh, you're not going to frat parties yeah i'm not you know a part of uh, any kind of frat i'm not i actually have cousins that are in this frat at the university of florida called pike and they're just like they run around and scream pike all day and they they just love being like brothers with these uh-huh. other guys. And it's, uh, it's definitely not like that for me. Um, uh, majority of my classes are online and, and after, uh, work. So I'll come home from work and I'll study for three or four hours. I'll have dinner with my wife and, you know, kind of rinse and repeat. I go to bed and go to work the next day. It's definitely been a challenge and a thing of, of discipline, which I think, uh, has been a good thing for me. But, you know, I, I too, like, so I'm majoring in marketing and, and like a specialty with digital marketing and like I'm taking these digital marketing classes and it's just like, it's so easy, you know, you don't even have to study for it because I think colleges are still really trying to wrap their heads around search. They don't really understand. I think they are too. Uh, There's still not like a degree for search. No. You know, it's just, I, well, I mean, what is the degree? Just digital marketing? So the degree is actually marketing, but so when you're choosing your marketing degree, you can do it in like four or five different subsets. There's digital, there's communications, there's, um, uh, I think there's one now for digital communications as well, which is more of like a digital PR thing. Then there's like the traditional sales and uh, business development. So I chose digital marketing because it's obviously what I'm most comfortable with. And, you know, there's like four different classes. It's uh, that are specific to to this part for the degree and it's uh, like SEO content writing I think there was one on copywriting and then there was uh, another like elective that you could choose from um, like six or seven different ones and I mean the SEO one was just like this is a, a joke and yeah. then content writing was really just writing and understanding you know how to put things together and, and chop it up in a box but it's like that's almost like it's digital marketing 101, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's a very simple thing to know nowadays. You can watch five or six videos on YouTube or, yeah. you know, just go to Ma's whiteboard and watch it and you'll, you know, you'll be able to understand it within. So what's something that you learned that you actually were like, oh, wow, that's a good thing to know that you didn't know before? So not specific to, to the actual marketing degree, but one of the, the precursor classes I had to take was um, business statistics. And I actually use that now more than I ever did. And I'm gonna wow. I'm gonna tell you, I hated this class. I hated this professor. It was actually it was one of my one of my few like on campus classes. And 
it was like a six to ten o'clock class on a Thursday night. This professor would just like run through, you know, because he, he was trying to do it in a short amount of time and he would just run through all of the lessons and I was getting so confused and I'm in there with a bunch of 18 year old frat kids and um, a lot of them are, you know, studying to be doctors and dentists and all this stuff and I'm just like, I'm the oldest one in the entire classroom, which is a super weird feeling in itself. But then on top of that, like, I'm the one that felt like I was behind the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I, I remember I would go into uh, one of my coworker uh, Thomas's office and I would just complain to him like, dude, I hate this guy. He's the worst. Like he doesn't teach. He doesn't help. And I ended up with, I think I ended up with a B in the class. I did pretty well with my final, but the biggest thing was now I use most of what I learned uh, from the statistics side in Excel because this whole class was based on Excel. Like there was formulas, but you, you had to do every formula inside of Excel. And now I actually use a lot of that stuff to look at the stats That's of cool. different things. So it was like one of those, I hated it, but then six months down the line, I was like, wow. I'm glad I took this, right? I'm glad I learned this. I'm glad that like I, I put in the extra effort to understand what I could do with it, uh, to identify like, you know, outliers and all these different things that I learned in there. It was, it was really cool. I'd say that and, and then the management classes, like the other, the other side of the marketing degree is a lot of management courses mm. and it talks about, you know, culture and empowering the people beneath you and that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of you. that is, has helped me along the way with my styles. I'm always encouraged to find out that there still are still are good reasons to go to college other than just, you know, throwing $80,000 worth of debt into the system. <laughs> so so what's next for you, man? What's what's next for Anthony? Um I think what's next is well, personally, I'm pretty sure at some point soon we'll be having a child, so that'll be a fun part of my life. And, um, I'm excited for that. I am too. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping for a boy, but we'll see if it's a girl. I'll Clemson be happy fan. too. Clemson fan <laughs> class of, you know, 2030 in the, uh, Clemson football team. But, um, I think professionally, you know, I, I look to just continuously grow with the team. Um, I really enjoy working with all of the management team. I, I think we have a great, great group of people that, um, you know, our mission is, is to help, you know, improve quality of life and use, use the technology and use the science that we can to, to really help people that are dying, you know, and, and improve, um, improve the quality of life as much as we can to, you know, our patients and their families. And, you know, I, I think the other thing I wanted, you know, like for me personally, like the biggest thing is I, I'm going to finish college no matter what. You know, when I have kids, I want them to know that, you know, it doesn't matter if you go at 18 or you're, you're back in at 28, you know, I expect you to, to do something with your life. And I think that, um, and now you can be an example of that, right? Yeah. I think by completing, I can be an example and just crush it. You know, like for me, I, I love, I love doing awesome things that end up with making success. You know, I love building things. I love fixing problems anything and everything that I can get my hands on to do mm. that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm game. I'm there. That inspires me, man. I've no matter how much I don't want to admit it, there's always been a side of me that has felt insecure by the fact that I never went to school 
And it got to the point where I was, and still am, like, really, really confident that school isn't going to be a make or break for me in terms of how well we do. I mean, we're all doing great. But I've just always wanted it just to say that I did it. And really for no other reason. I, I mean, I would, if I went back to school, I would probably get like a history degree just because I'm a, I'm a history nerd and, and a lot of my friends know I like that stuff. But just so like you said, so that one day if I have a family of my own, I can look at them and I can just <laughs> like, look, man, I got it, you know. So now like you go get it. I think that's a real inspiration. Um, when are we going to get some Brie? You're the only person I love I've ever some met brie, bro. that can hang with me on my brie eating. I got uh, when my fiance moved in a couple months ago. She finally had like that moment where she looked at me. She's like, "Oh my god, Tim! <laughs> like you eat so much brie." <laughs> my wife comes home and there's all this brie in the it's fridge. So delicious! It's so good, dude. It's my favorite. All right. Well, maybe. Uh, I mean, I keep trying to get you to to hang out with us. You got to meet my fiance. I don't. We I know will. that you're like a a busy man with with all these really important things to do, and I respect <laughs> that. But at some point, we still got to get to dinner. Uh, look, buddy, I really appreciate you coming in. Uh, thank you so much. If anybody wants to get in touch with Anthony, um, do you got like an Instagram or something that you want to put out there? Do you, do you even care? I know you don't really care much about that. I mean, they can find me um, on either Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. So uh, typically A and then C-I-B-E-N-E. Is, I'll uh, link it all in the show name. notes to the blog. He'll link it at the bottom. Yeah, I gotcha. All right, buddy. Look, once again, I appreciate it. For everybody listening, thank you so much for all the positive reviews that you've given. Uh, thank you for the great emails that you've sent me and the compliments on the podcast. This is episode 21, I think. And I'm already... Um, trending for january to be another one of my best months so thank you guys i know that this is just a something new that i've been doing and your support really really means a lot please hit subscribe please leave me a rating on itunes that's the best thing you can do to support the show thanks again anthony appreciate you buddy thanks for having me tim all right guys talk to you next week